Welcome listeners to today's Vetfolio podcast episode. This is the fourth and final episode in our feline diabetes series. In this episode, which is sponsored by Beringer Ingelheim Vetmedica Inc., we'll focus our attention on understanding remission. Welcome to the Feline Diabetes Podcast Series. I'm Sarah Winogle, small animal internist at Colorado State University. In veterinary medicine, as in any branch of medicine, much of our decision-making is based on what we've been taught during our schooling, what we learn during continuing education classes, and what we've read in medical literature. The studies that inform most of this learning assess safety and efficacy, compare modes of treatment, and weigh potential outcomes. One of the subjects that has come under focus in recent years is feline diabetic remission. The question is, when it comes to remission, are we able to separate facts from opinions? That's the topic of this episode. Before we get into the specifics of remission, let's first reiterate what we've discussed in episodes one through three. Our goals for treating diabetes in our feline patients are to relieve their clinical signs, give them a good quality of life, and minimize complications. Remission is a bonus and certainly shouldn't be considered an expectation of treatment but we definitely need to know all we can about it so that we know what to expect if it occurs and how to reasonably discuss it with pet owners. We all understand that cats in remission no longer need insulin treatment, but does remission have a specific scientific definition? This question was considered in a 2014 literature review, and the consensus was that a diabetic cat displaying blood glucose within the normal range without the use of insulin for a period of one month or greater would be considered in remission. Okay, now we know how to define it. The next issue to address is how to talk to owners about remission, the expectations, what they should look for, and what remission means long-term. First, one of the most important parts of talking about remission to pet parents of newly diagnosed feline diabetics is to avoid hyperbole. Remission is not the holy grail of treatment. Is it something that would be a nice clinical outcome? Yes but it should not be an expected result of treatment. It is better to indicate that, in some cases, pets may get to the point where they no longer need insulin and that, if we're lucky, this can be permanent, but it can also be a temporary state. In fact, the discussion of remissions can be used as another point to emphasize how important routine monitoring is, both at home and in clinic settings. It's certainly not something we'd want to miss for lack of looking. That naturally leads us into talking about what remission would look like in their diabetic cat. We already covered the signs of hypoglycemia in Episode 3 when we discussed treatment and monitoring. It's a good thing to reiterate to owners that if they observe any lethargy, weakness, vomiting, seizures, or odd behavior in their cat, this could be a sign of low blood sugar. They should seek immediate medical care for their cat. Finally, we need to discuss the long-term implications of remission with our clients. It's crucial that pet owners don't think of remission as a potential cure, because it's not. Cats in remission are still diabetic cats. It's just that they no longer need insulin for control. Also, clients need to understand that remission is often temporary. Their cats could require insulin again at some point, so close monitoring, proper diet, and regular exercise is still critically important. How does remission happen? While there are quite a few studies out there, there's little consensus about the specifics behind the phenomenon. However, one of the most likely mechanisms of remission is thought to be through reversal of glucotoxicity. We've mentioned this in previous episodes. Glucotoxicity is caused by persistent high levels of glucose in the diabetic cat's bloodstream. This glucotoxicity effect 
among other things, the beta cells of the pancreas, the cells that produce insulin. This hyperglycemia reduces their functionality and causes the cells to produce less insulin. Glucotoxicity reduces insulin binding to cell receptors, resulting in reduced insulin-fueling cells and fulfilling their energy needs. In Episode 3, Treatment and Monitoring, we talked about the importance of starting insulin therapy right after diagnosis. That's because human studies indicate that we stand a better chance of reducing and maybe reversing the negative effects of high glucose levels on beta cells if we implement intensive glycemic control. We'll talk more in a bit about what implications this approach may have in increasing our odds of achieving remission, but it's certainly a good piece of information to remember if a pet owner is hesitant about whether or not they should bring their pet in for diagnostics. Well, now that we know what the likely cause of remission is, how do we recognize it if it occurs? There are two circumstances under which we'll find a pet who is undergoing remission, either a diabetic cat who is showing clinical signs of hypoglycemia or by finding hypoglycemia in a diabetic cat on a blood glucose test in the clinic or at home or through the results of a fructosamine test. In either case, it's critically important to gather as much information as possible, especially about the insulin dosing regimen. A pet who has been inadvertently overdosed, whether by an incorrect dose or multiple doses from different caregivers, will present in the same way as a pet undergoing remission. If it's reasonable to best remission, cease insulin therapy and monitor blood glucose to confirm whether a pet can maintain a normal blood glucose level without insulin. As we've discussed, this can be wonderful news for pet and pet owner, but the remission state can be transient. I've often said, continued monitoring for clinical signs by the owner and regular follow-up at the hospital are vital to the cat's long-term health. So we've defined remission. We discussed its causes and how to recognize it. There must be a definitive answer on how best to achieve it, right? Unfortunately, again, we don't have much scientific agreement on the specifics, but some patterns have emerged. While various studies have indicated that one insulin might achieve remission better than others, a literature review indicates only that further studies are needed to definitively answer that question. The insulins we talked about in previous episodes, Prozinc and Glargine, have both been featured in studies showing high remission rates. However, further trials are necessary to achieve consensus. Home glucose monitoring has been noted as a favorable variable in several studies. The thought being that this additional monitoring helps to achieve tighter glycemic control and reduces the glucotoxicity on pancreatic beta cells. Nevertheless, tighter control of blood glucose also runs a greater risk of hypoglycemia. This means pet owner education and lines of communication between vet and pet owner must be excellent to achieve optimum results. An important point to remember is that no single factor consistently predicts diabetic remission in cats, but studies do suggest a pattern that is consistent with findings among human diabetics in remission. The common factors in achieving remission in diabetic cats appear to be, number one, cats who have had diabetes for a short period before diagnosis. Number two, cats whose hyperglycemia is quickly controlled. And number three, cats who have had less hyperglycemia prior to treatment. Hopefully this episode has given you the information you need to effectively discuss diabetic remission in cats with your clients. We also want to ensure you have the most current information about this tricky and fascinating topic. Before we leave, here is some important safety information for Prozinc. As with all insulin products, careful patient monitoring for hypoglycemia 
and hyperglycemia is essential to attain and maintain adequate glycemic control and to prevent associated complications. Overdosage can result in profound hypoglycemia and death. An animal with signs of hypoglycemia should be treated immediately. Thank you for listening. To learn more about feline diabetes, download the other episodes available in this series, including the basics, diagnosis, and treatment and monitoring. And now, listeners, that's a wrap. Thank you, listeners, for joining us for our fourth and final episode in the Feline Diabetes series. Today's session focused on understanding remission and was sponsored by Barringer Ingelheim Vet Medica, Inc. Be sure to catch any of the previous episodes by visiting vetfolio.com.